Hey everybody, we're still on Christmas and today we'll talk about the latest trends and what we'll be expecting on 2021 from social commerce to enhanced AR, streaming platforms and antitrust lawsuits. Join me on this episode of NYM Podcast if you want to know more. Stick around. Hey, I'm Nadia Marketer, Alberto Lempira, aka Lempi. Welcome to the Nadia Marketer Podcast. This is episode 7 from December 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Today we will talk about the latest trends and what is coming for 2021 in marketing, business, and tech. And instead of um, running through the headlines uh, this time around, I will number some of the trends that I trust will make the headlines in 2021. And I will match them with current news so that we can back up these thoughts and to see what is the current state of those trends. So without any further ado, let's just jump into those trends. So the first one is online shopping and online shopping will become way more convenient for users uh, on the internet. So I have mentioned in the past how Redbook in China has achieved to get millions of users online to purchase products promoted by influencers on live stream events. Well, this time around, Walmart uh, will try this out in the US with TikTok as a strategic partnership rises on the horizon. What they are going to do is to promote some specific products uh, while some influencers do some live streaming um, events on the platform. With that being said, it could be live streamed by influencers from the Walmart account or by their own accounts. Instagram has made uh, its IG shopping experience available in many countries also in 2020. So the one-click shopping experience is coming to social platforms. And this is something, uh, I mean, for the sake of being convenient, that is going to reduce the time from browsing the product to completing and fulfilling the process and the purchase. So in 2020, probably what we are going to see is all these social media platforms investing more and more into making their shopping experience more streamlined, more easy to use, and also more available to more countries. Right now, IG shopping is not available uh, worldwide. They are just rolling it, rolling it out uh, on, a, on a slow pace because they, they have to make sure that everything works before just opening the doors to everyone to come in. And they are also looking for some partners in those new markets when they arrive with this uh, feature at least um, to make this huge launch for that. Um, well, with that being said, feature. So no, I, I have no doubts that online shopping is going to be super relevant in 2021, especially because 2020 has seen a rise on the use of e-commerce uh, from all sizes, from well-known 
companies like Amazon, Walmart, you name it, Etsy, uh, to the small and medium-sized businesses that they, I mean, they didn't have any other option than jumping into the e-commerce land uh, with the, oh, the whole COVID and coronavirus pandemic. So the thing here that you have to think is how can you leverage on this e-commerce movement, especially on the social media side of it. This is something that we in the Western Hemisphere are not so familiarized with. But as I mentioned, in Asia, there's some, I mean, so great examples of how social commerce can be even more robust and more uh, profitable than just regular e-commerce, that this poses a great opportunity for many, many businesses. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what we see from different brands in 2021. So the second trend would be the comeback of influencer marketing. I said comeback because for some reason at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, influencer marketing campaigns appear to be a little bit uh, slower. Uh, the fact is that uh, in the latest report from Clear, which is an influencer platform, about the state of the influencer marketing in 2021, they have found find out. I mean, they found out that influencer campaigns and collaborations between brands and influencers went up by 57% in terms of impressions and reach in 2020 compared to 20. 19. I mean, with the pandemic and all. And one reason that we can use to justify that is obviously a lot of us and a lot of people were online more time than in 2020, in 2019, I'm sorry, uh, because of obviously the lockdowns and the pandemic situation. But uh, they also mentioned that sponsored stories in, in on Instagram went up by 32%, and that TikTok's collaborations uh, between influencers and brands increased by over 100%. So again, keep in mind that this is, in the, I mean, in the meantime, uh, the U.S. government was uh, after TikTok, and there was a threat of them not being able to be allowed on the U.S. market. And yet, Companies and brands still, I mean, or they kept investing on campaigns on TikTok. So that shows you or that just hints us on how profitable those campaigns may be. So influencers are migrating from post to stories. I mean, they can, they can have more control over their profile with that kind of content but also that can boost the more dynamic relationship with brands. Because if you have to post every 24 hours a content, or if you have posted a content that is only going to, going to be alive for uh, 24 hours, that means that you will have to do more things and you, you will have to, well, reach to have a different kind of a, agreement with the brands to publish the content. Also, Gen Z influencers are the highest earning demographics on influencer marketing, which is also interesting because, I mean, they're the youngest. Uh, but that just, again, gave us another hint of how the market is going uh, or is moving. 
in terms of influencers doing campaigns on social media, especially on social media, of course. So obviously these, uh, as time moves on, uh, millennials are becoming parents are becoming, well, I'm, I, they are replacing the baby boomers and the Jack, the gen X, um, um, side or part or, uh, the, of the business on the market share. And the Gen Z is taking over what uh, millennials were used to be, um, their place, I mean. And, I mean, this is just going to be and represent, I mean, di different circumstances for, for brands when they want to target different kind of audiences, especially if they want to target Gen Z and uh, even preparing for uh, Generation Alpha as well. So social activism uh, goes super well with influencers. And that was, I mean, that showcased uh, in 2020 with uh, the different social movements like Black Lives Matters and all, and all the stuff. Um, the, the, the brands that partner with some influencers to launch campaigns, influencer campaigns based on those kind of actions, I mean, social activism and so forth, uh, they saw an increase, a super, super relevant increase on uh, the interactions, the impressions, the worth of, the online worth of mouth that would be. And again, I mean, that makes total sense because what you are going, what you are doing is that you are giving your brand a voice in the body of another person. And it's super important to keep in mind that you need to pick, uh, I mean, do the right selection of influencers for these kind of campaigns because those influencers should be very well matched with your values. I mean, the core values of the company and what you represent. And otherwise, I mean, I mean, it, it, it works both uh, both ways because you as a brand should be a good match for that influencer, for the campaign to be more profitable and to have a, a, a higher return on investment as well. And finally, one thing that it's uh, particularly interesting is that uh, many toy companies are partnering with influencers, uh, especially on TikTok, to reach kids. And this is, I mean, having into account that kids are not supposed to have, I mean, when I mean kids are uh, child 14 under, uh, 14 years old and, and under, um, they are not supposed to have TikTok's account because uh, the, I mean, the law will not allow it. But the thing here is that many, many times um, they reach that audience through their parents' profiles, which is also kind of interesting because instead of being a direct, kind of a direct marketing strategy, it's more uh, like a shopper marketing strategy in the case that you are not targeting the people who make the decision, in this case, who are who is going to follow that account uh, on the social platform, but you are rather targeting the end user, the one who are going to consume that kind of content. And this is super interesting. I mean, it's a great approach to get to that audience and to prepare them to be your future customers as well. Coming right up, 2021 will be the year of streaming platforms. 
So Disney announced a few weeks ago a whole bunch of new shows and movies coming to Disney Plus from the universes of Star Wars, Pixar, Marvel, and more. On the other hand, Warner Brothers announced that they will stream all 2021 movie premieres on HBO Max and theaters simultaneously. So these opened doors for new opportunities and a new, I mean, and it also set a new landscape for marketers because these, I mentioned these in the previous episode of, of this podcast, the segment, the fragmentation of the streaming, the video on demand streaming platforms probably is getting into a point or will get into a point in 2021 where um, companies like or platforms like Roku or Apple TV or Amazon Fire will, I mean, for them will make sense to gather and to compile, if you could say compile or combine different streaming platforms in just one service so that you can pay for what you need or even to pay for the movie premieres or the TV shows that you are uh, that you would like to watch only. Nevertheless, Disney Plus saw a huge, a huge increase in user in their user base in 2020. I mean, they exceeded all their expectations, and new players coming into the field in 2021 are betting heavy on how to leverage on that i mean at the beginning when with netflix and hulu probably with amazon amazon prime video it was more difficult for companies to make the case of for what would you need to pay for these kind of services right now uh, the idea is more mature in the mindset of customers so it's easier for a new player coming over uh, to just consolidate their position in the marketplace. So this is something that probably in 2021 will uh, we're going to I mean listen a lot of uh, and hear a lot of news from 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 this. And there is one thing that we haven't mentioned and it is how and what opportunities these will represent aside from just product uh, positioning in and the different shows and so forth. Uh, are there for marketers? I mean, this is a huge business uh, and mark a new market that is uh, developing right now. So for me, it would make sense to create a market, an advertising marketplace uh, of the kinds of Google or Facebook, where you are able will be able to uh, target customers depending on. What kind of shows are they watching? What are their preferences? Obviously, uh, they're more demographic information. If you think about that, um, you you can have multiple profiles on all these platforms. So you can know, or you could you could know, you could get to get that information about which uh, preferences does uh, each one of those uh, user profiles have, so that you can tailor specific advertising for each one of those. So let's just wait and see for what 2021 brings up to, to us in the terms of streaming platforms. So another trend that, it, I mean, you could think that it would be the reboot of an old trend by now, 
It's about the not-so-new tech, which is going to be reinvented. So Nike uh, introduced a new digital experience uh, for their e-commerce or online com shopping experience using virtual reality and holograms. This is just for that customers can get to know and have a little a look at how the products looks before completing the purchase. And if you think about this, there has been many, many attempts to achieve a seamless platform or experience where customers can try their products out. Uh, I mean, we have like IKEA. IKEA have done this for quite a long time with AR, where you can put the all the like like the furniture and sofas and whatever and tables and desks uh, on your home. Uh, on the floor, I mean, on the room that the, in the room that you, that you are intended to to put to put that uh, furniture, just to see how it looks. But now Google also it's making their way into AR using uh, a new or reimagining how AR can be used for testing products, especially beauty products, um, before buying them. And this has something to do or a lot to do with the situation with the um, COVID pandemic. So for many companies, especially beauty and makeup companies, um, the situation during the lockdowns and the pandemic as a, as a whole was qu quite difficult because it was not, uh, users or customers will, were not allowed to test out uh, beauty products in stores. Uh, some others wouldn't. They didn't have the the, the wardrobe uh, and and the fitting rooms. I'm so I mean, um, available or open for the public. So this end up being a necessity that we have not covered yet. We have seen many many attempts, especially on Snapchat, some on Instagram with the AR filters and some beauty companies and makeup companies uh, where people could, I don't know, like try out the lipstick color or whatever, or the foundation or whatever. Uh, we even have, I mean, like Gucci also had some uh, some AR experience in their app where you could test the, um, the shoes on your own, I mean, in, I mean, virtually so that you can, you could have like a, a sense of how they would look on you. But the thing here is that now we have a, a lot more technology available uh, on everyone's smartphones uh, from, I don't know, from uh, iPhone 12 uh, Pro, for example, that has LiDAR and so many other phones that have some uh, improved cameras and, and visual capabilities that can help for that technology to be more useful. And that could make more sense because if you ever tried the Gucci one, uh, it feels like if you were trying out a cartoon shoe instead of the real one. Uh, I This is part of the experience. I mean, in order to be meaningful for the customer, it has to be real. I mean, you have to feel real at least. So Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, we have many, many players um, that are working on this. Uh, Facebook, obviously, uh, behind all, uh, all, all this as well. So probably 2021, could st we could start to see some standards 
in the terms of how AR should work for customers to try products on before purchasing. And this would make it easier for a lot of marketers to implement that technology into their marketing efforts once uh, well, the R&D has been done by these large companies. So obviously we're going to start, uh, keep seeing a lot of this coming on on 2021. And last but not least, we have a first party data and not trusting anyone. That is the name that I gave to this trend. It has to do with, with two things. The first one, uh, on an IIB a report uh, that showed how cookie-less era uh, and its ramifications uh, is a top priority for marketers looking towards 2021. As you know, in 2021, I mean, we are going to transition to a cookie-less uh, internet where tracking the information from each user is going to rely only on first-hand data. I mean, the data that you can gather yourself from that user. So ramping up testing and relying on more self-leveraged databases seem to be the first approach to tackle this issue, according to uh, IAB. Uh, 41 of other advertising agencies uh, don't know if their clients are aware of the impact that this will have on the performance marketing campaigns. If you think about this, performance marketing is the pinnacle of uh how we run marketing on online. I mean, you have to think about KPIs. You have to think about your objective and your goal and your goals uh, for the sake of not wasting any resources. So Facebook introduced a, a time ago uh, the conversions API to work around a little bit about this because you what you will have is from your assets, like your e-commerce, your website, whatever, you will have a direct connection to Facebook database so that you can nurture with your own data your campaigns running on Facebook and Instagram. The thing here is that probably, I mean, obviously Facebook was preparing uh, ahead of time for this uh, scenario. Probably what we are going to see, at least at the beginning, is just a hiccup in the mean, I mean, while we um, start to ad adapt to these new circumstances, obviously, first recommendation here: have uh, make sure, especially if you use Facebook advertising for Facebook, either Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp, you have to be working with the conversions API by now because that way you're going to have a clearer reading of the conversions and the, tra I mean, you're going to be able to track more precisely your campaigns. So on the other hand, why not trusting anyone? So antitrust lawsuits, lawsuits against these big tech giants are going to uh, gain traction. Why? Because we have, uh, well, I mean, we have seen how uh, in 2020, uh, Facebook and Google have been the target because they are after, well, the the gathering of all this data for the sake of advertising purposes. Okay, so we uh, we don't know how these uh, multiple lawsuits are going to end up, 
uh, like. But what we are sure is that obviously other companies like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, you name it, they are also being looked up, uh, looked upon by regulators because they, as I mean, quote unquote, protecting a competition by making sure that nobody uh, works around or find a loophole into the anti-monopoly laws. Here's the thing. What is the great issue with uh, these big tech companies, uh, from my point of view at least? It's not the case that they have a lot of information, which, I mean, obviously that it's just one variable of the issue. But the thing, if you take a look at all the acquisitions from Google, Apple, Facebook, or you name it, many of those competitors that were acquired, many of those features were never implemented or incorporated into some of their uh, own products. I have one clear example. I was a super, super fan of Songsa. Songsa was a music platform that uh, it was brilliant for the music curation. They created this set of incredible uh, playlists depending on the moment of the day and what day of the week it was so that you can uh, you could listen to music uh, it was not uh, like music on the I mean, like um, apple music or spotify where you can or spotify premium where you can you could play whatever music you you wanted it was totally free and what you had was just a bunch of playlists to to listen to music for music discoverability it was so so great like i have not found any other alternative yet so Supposedly, that feature, those features were going to be implemented on uh, Google Play Music at that moment. Um, they were never there. I mean, what, or at least I, I, I wouldn't find it uh, when I, I tried. I, I used the trial, the free trial for Google Play Music. I, 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 I couldn't find those, those features. So, in my opinion, this is a problem, or this is a the, the threat of these big tech companies. It's not that it's not necessarily that they are huge and they're becoming larger and larger. Is that sometimes they seem to crush competition just for the sake of not having uh, other threat threatening their position in the market. And that I think hurts innovation big time. Super big time. And obviously this is something that we are just Taking a look at the tip of the iceberg in the end, uh, in the final days of 2020, and we are going to wait and see. I mean, obviously, 2021, uh, we are not going to have the final uh, outcome of these lawsuits because they usually take years to 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 develop. But probably we are going to be able, we are going to see a lot more lawsuits coming over to. Maybe these big tech companies or some other uh, that may not be that huge. Because one of the things that, and I think, I mean, one of the uh, the arguments that Facebook has uh, against the, uh, in the U.S. For, for that matter, is that the acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp, they were approved not only by the U.S. regulators, but by the European Union's one. So, why are they going after to re revisit those cases 
uh, when they already give have given the their their approval to to those acquisitions. So I think that it's there has been a mindset change in, from the public uh, sector that probably is going to make them look at the big tech acquisitions from another point of view. And this is obviously going to affect how we, I mean, the opportunity that we have uh, for businesses, for marketing, and for obviously for tech. And it's uh, going to ultimately affect how uh, many more options are available or not to users. So the year is coming to an end and hopefully we're not getting any new surprises from 2020. So obviously I wanted to close the last episode of 2020 with uh, talking about resolutions, New Year resolutions, especially from a marketer's point of view. So probably New Year's resolutions for a marketer are a never-ending list with many things that we want to achieve and we want to accomplish. So probably one of the things that many of us marketers have uh, every year uh, on our um, resolutions list is about our, I mean, how are we managing our marketing strategy? It doesn't matter if it's for a personal brand or a large company or a one-person bu one business. Uh, usually, there's always a uh, chance for improvement, right? So, uh, from the first episode of 2021, I'm going to start a series of episodes that are, are aimed to help us marketers to set our strategy. Okay, I'm going to cover the very basics of marketing. This is I, I'm doing this because I also want this to be useful for my students in the coming term. Uh, the coming terms uh, in that would be, um, and I just want to help, I mean, with my humble knowledge to those of you who may thinking about, or I mean, that you have to improve some uh, uh, strategies on your marketing efforts, but you are not quite there or you don't know how to begin with, okay? So please try to make a fresh start on 2021. 2020 has been particularly difficult for many of us. Uh, even if you have had the luck to keep your job and to do well economically, uh, everybody has been affected by isolations, lockdowns, and so forth. I mean, we are social beings, so being away from people, for many of us, obviously, there are some that uh, would rather live in caves, and that is sort of fine, but for many of us, uh, losing that uh, human uh, warmth uh, has affected us and I think that we have learned to appreciate a little bit more the time that we have with other people. So keep that in mind on your resolutions list. How can you improve your marketing uh, strategies? So it, it could be just marketing strategies, it could be a campaign, it could be just uh, how do you set up the marketing for uh, a new project that you are working on? Uh, and I will be there in the first episode of 2021 for uh, helping you to figure some things out. So if you have any questions about some specifics uh, or if there is any topic that you would like to 
at least in my point of view, uh, from my experience as well, humble experience, uh, feel free to send me a message on any platform and I will be more than happy to tailor those episodes on your needs. Well, guys, I wanted to thank you for joining me. I also wanted to thank you uh, to all of you who have followed me from the first episode. And it's incredible that we already have seven episodes plus a bonus one. I'm looking forward to having you join me on 2021. I wish you the happiest of holidays and may 2021 be the best year yet. I wish that you can have a great, great time with your loved ones. And please be safe and see you back again on the next year, 2021.